Welcome to Film Grain, the official podcast of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania and the Greater Erie Film Office. My name is Stuart Nash. I'm a filmmaker and the director of the Greater Erie Film Office. Today, I am joined with my guest, Erica Berlin, the president of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania, and we will be discussing the strategic planning and the future of the Film Society. On next week's episode, John will be back to preview the entire fall program of Film Grain, Dinner and a Movie, which kicks off with the coming-of-age comedy of the year, Booksmart. Okay, so welcome. I'm joined with Erica Berlin, the president of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania. How are you doing, Erica? I'm great. How are you, Stu? I'm doing well. Doing well. The Film Society kind of existed as an entity uh, that didn't do anything for a few years. And John Lyons really picked it up um, and said, you know, we could do some great things with by founding a nonprofit. Um, so we did, and he invited me to uh, participate early on because he said, I know you used to work for a nonprofit. Maybe you can help us. And I said, sure. So we, we were very lucky right at the beginning of the Film Society um, because we had this nonprofit status, and, but we didn't really have a direction. You know, we knew we wanted to do something film-related in Erie, but we didn't know yet what that needed to be. So we applied for a grant early on from the Erie Community Foundation, and they gave us some money to do strategic planning. So uh, our early group of interested folks sat down with Decision Associates, and we wrote a plan. And we wrote a vision statement, we wrote a mission statement, and I think we, we did like a, a, a one to two year and then a three to five year, and I don't have it in front of me. Um, well, what is the mission statement of the Film Society? We just went through a first stage of a whole new strategic planning. I think we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but the mission is to elevate Erie's film industry, empower regional filmmakers, and foster appreciation for the art of film. And the interesting thing is when we, we went through the process of, you know, we didn't change our mission that much. But we took that elevate the film industry and we put it right at the beginning because as we move into the next phase of the organization, that truly is what our primary focus is as an organization. You know, in film events where we do screenings, our film grain series at the Bourbon Barrel, these are established uh, events that we, that we do. They're really wonderful to broaden the audience. We always talk about our mission efforts um, at these events, but the elevation of the film industry has really kind of taken priority over everything else. So take me back, say, to year one or year two and how you guys started, how many people were involved, um, and what were some of the events you were putting on, and how has it grown since then? So one of the first events that the Film Society took on was actually a program that John Lyons had had in the hopper with the Erie Art Museum. One of the first things we did was start the Film at the Erie Art Museum series. And it was a brainchild of John's to bring film to Erie that you couldn't see at Tinseltown, stuff that was getting a lot of critical acclaim, but just didn't last uh, because the audience wasn't big enough at Tinseltown. So you might have um, a documentary, you might have an independent film. Um, he was really, really diverse. And the idea was, Let's screen these films and let's open up the floor afterwards for conversation. And that is really where 
I think that program found its niche. We had a lot of attendees that would come watch and ask really great critical questions. And really, it was a forum to open open up conversation. You know, we don't have all the answers. John's very knowledgeable about film and, and other folks, too. We would have special events where we would bring filmmakers in. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. What so, were some of the highlights of that? Well, one of my favorite favorites was we showed a documentary called Triple Divide. And Triple Divide was about the fracking industry in Pennsylvania. And the woman who kind of led that charge, you know, she had a nonprofit um, kind of website and an information source called uh, Public Herald. And so she came and she actually brought another activist who was really passionate about spreading the word about the fracking industry in Pennsylvania. And, and very specifically, Pennsylvania's um, water system because I can't remember all the details. Probanic, wasn't that the uh, filmmaker? Yes, it was Josh Probanic and Melissa Troutman. And they were um, th- they were great. We showed Triple Divide. It kicked off really great conversations about what we um, should keep our eye on here in Pennsylvania and how we need to keep uh, our, our water systems clear. What's interesting about fracking is let's fast forward many years. John just finished uh, production and is now in pr- uh, post-production on his eco-horror film that is about fracking. So, you know, I we tried to, we I know we tried to bring in films that would really engage the local community. And that certainly was one that, that was a big hit. Well, we did the, also the 15-year anniversary of Fight Club. Yes, and, and that was a big event. Yeah, we Skyped with Chuck Palahniuk, Yes, the that author. was that was very exciting. Um, we also Skyped with Natalie Dreyer, the actress from Stranger Things, mm-hmm. uh, when uh, she did the movie I Believe in Unicorns. That's right. Um, so, yeah, we had some very good Q&As, not to mention all the local discussions we had just on mm-hmm. topics, too. Right. Um, and mental s- health, things like that. That's right. Yeah, we touched on a lot of cool things. So that was the... Uh, that was really um, a unique film series. And some of the things that, you know, some of the feedback we got over time was, hey, you know, like maybe the audio wasn't as great. Maybe the chairs weren't as comfortable. Right. The chairs were horrible. <laughs> but they are using my, well, if, as long as you had a cushion, you're okay. Yeah, but, as long as you had it. Yeah. But, but they ran out. But there was a transition period, too, where, you know, John Vanko was retiring from the art museum. Right. And we decided it was time to move on. So Be- that lasted how many years? And then what I think happened? that was six years. Okay. Yeah, and then we moved on from there because the opportunity came up to say, well, we said, we need to get a good projector, and we really want to have a nice screen. So we held a fundraiser, and we launched a film series at the Bourbon Barrel. Bringing dinner to you know the film series was a huge, huge um, um, kind of elevation of our idea of fostering this patronage because you're going to get more people that way. You're going to get people who are going on a date or people who really want to have a night out as opposed to someone who's just like, yeah, I'll just catch a movie tonight. And it's more of an intellectual experience. Right. Adult beverages Adult, are always nice. Exactly. Choices. You know, sitting on a couch. Right. Other oh, couches are phenomenal. Having a, uh, having a server come over and bring you a beverage right. in the middle of the movie so you don't have to get up. It was very, it's very, very nice. And we held a fundraiser. Uh, we did a big Halloween party right, that was to, fun. to raise the money. Up again, right? That's that's right. That's another topic to discuss. But That's yeah. right. Um, we we raised that money and we bought the huge 16-foot screen. 
that equipment is installed into the bourbon barrel. And so it's really easy for us to come in and the bourbon barrel has done all the work for us. We used to have to set up chairs, tear them down. Great, stack them all. Stack yeah, everything. Derek Smith and all of his guys down there, Antonio, they do a great job. They do a great job for us. So really, we come in and we run the AV, and that's about it. I know. Bourbon barrel takes care of the rest. <laughs> um, and so that has been really, really successful so far. We run a nonprofit. Our goal isn't necessarily to make a ton of money. You know, we're giving service to the community. However, Film Grain has been profitable for us, which is great to have. Since we moved to Bourbon Barrel. Yes, yes. since we moved to Bourbon Barrel, <laughs> Film Grain has been profitable. So I get up in front of the audience and I do a little introduction every Wednesday at Bourbon Barrel. I actually have gotten up there before and said, welcome to Film at the Erie Art Museum, because I said it for six it's years. Ingrained, right? It is ingrained in my head. <laughs> Now I say the right the right name, um, but having a revenue stream that is pretty reliable for the first time has really helped us feel more confident about doing our fundraising. Saying you know we we have we're bringing our own funding to the table. You know we have earned revenue that we can say we'll match a grant with money that we've earned. And that's really new for us. You know, the Film Theory Art Museum, just to kind of break even, we would do other fundraisers that were successful for us, but maybe once a year for our, for example, the Oscar party. You know, we would have a big Oscar gala. Right. And it was very popular, but it was also very expensive to put on. And so when it came down to what our actual earnings were from that, it, it didn't really have the bang for the buck that we were putting in. It was a lot of effort. This past year, we decided to do a more casual uh, $15 ticket, come watch the Oscars at the Bourbon Barrel. Uh, that was a lot more popular. We got a lot more people to, to attend because it was a very low threshold for, for entry. Right, right. I so. agree. That was, a, that, that was a nice change. It as was much a as nice all change. the glam and glitz and the red carpet is nice, the Oscars are on a Sunday night. Yeah. You know, a lot of people would like to stay at home, but if you can mm -hmm. just come down, have a drink, and have some fun and games and, mm -hmm. and still compete. You yes. Know. We still do the Oscar ballots oh, yeah. because people and love nice to do nice giveaways, too. We've mm -hmm. given away uh, our prizes have increased throughout the years, That's which right. are always nice. That's right. As we've gained more supporters in the community, you know, we have a lot more people interested in showing up, putting their name on things. So, we, yeah, we've had nice prizes and good sponsors. We've had really dedicated sponsors over the years, and that's yeah. been that's been really helpful. Our our printers. Our printers. You know our sponsors better than I do. I do. Well, our current sponsors for Film Grain um, are Printing Concepts, WQLN, the Erie Philharmonic, which is an interesting partnership. I think that really kind of shows that film as an art connects to other to other arts in our community, oh of my course. Gosh, yes. But the Philharmonic has been great because they've started introducing these um, live, um, you know, film screenings with the live orchestra. The Looney Tunes. The Looney Tunes. Casablanca. Casablanca was just fabulous. fabulous. Oh my gosh, that was one <laughs> of I my. I like throwing that word around. I love it. That was yes, too. It was. Fabulous. We don't hear Stu say that often. But um, yeah, God, what what a wonderful night that was. And so, you know, they associate us with with their brand when it comes to that. And, you know, Steve Weiser and the team there at the at the Erie Philharmonic have been great partners of ours, really championing us. And and you know, we get them in front of a different audience as well. Right. Because the moviegoers they're not necessarily, maybe they're not the... The, the demographics uh, are different. Yeah, so we're really going through the demographics in a different way. Folks that are season ticket holders at the Erie Philharmonic, well, we want them to know that there's a great experience to come and watch 
watch movies. Well, it's that's come what's so great about film and music. You have mm-hmm. so many genres and types that everyone loves music and film exactly. to some degree. You that's know? right. So, um, so yeah. So, and one of our other uh, sponsors is the Erie Reader. That's right. Um, God, so, since the beginning. Yeah, from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. They've done a tremendous job. Yes. Um, but, uh, so, what else? What's, what's the future hold for the film society? Well, um, well, let's talk about the Halloween party real quick. It's a blast, you know. We've it's been successful for us as a fundraiser. We were able to pay for our screen at Bourbon Barrel. The event is at Bourbon Barrel. We do costumes. We do the um, costumes were tremendous last year. Oh, I know. I mean, they were people really, really go all out, and so you get a lot of people dressed up as characters from movies. Yep, because. It's yeah, the film I showed society. up as uh, Jack from The Shining, and lo and behold, there were uh, Gus and his wife were showing up as the twins, yeah. the, the girls. Yes, which was great to see six foot Gus in this little purple <laughs> blue dress. <laughs> you know, but yeah, that was yeah. funny. So the Halloween party is going to be Friday, October twenty fifth. Okay, put it on your calendars. Yep. It's going to be a great event. We um, we invite a lot of like local vendors to come as well. Um, hopefully, we'll have some local breweries doing some pourings. And well, I know course... we've done pre-sale tickets in the past with a little VIP section, That's so you right. get your little VIP drink and mm-hmm. you know your specialty cocktails and... and your couches. Yes, and your couches yeah. <laughs> for yeah. lounging. It's fun. It is fun. Okay, well, let's shift gears a little bit, and let's talk about uh, strategic planning, if we can. Those of us in leadership roles with the Film Society have always been very aware of ourselves, saying, okay, we've accomplished this. Okay, we've accomplished that, and we feel comfortable. But there is more we can do, and we need guidance. We don't think we have all the answers. We know that someone like Deb Thompson at Strategy Solutions could come in and guide us through a process of saying, we see the opportunity to elevate the film industry in Erie, to take advantage of the visibility that Erie has enjoyed um, over the past few, pretty much over the past year with um, two major productions. Now, I have a question for you because we've been supporting um, visiting productions for years. As the film office, as the Greater Erie Film Office, we would get inquiries, we'd get referrals from Visit Erie, the state film office would contact us and say, hey, someone's looking for a location or they're thinking of filming in Erie, can you help them? And the answer is always yes. So Stu's really been the point of contact in in supporting all of these folks. When I think it was 21 months ago that uh, some producers reached out to Stu and said, hey, we are going to be doing a documentary called American Dream. So can you help put us in touch with some local businesses? You know, we have a guy who's interested in kind of having a second career after having an illness and he wants to leave his corporate world behind and start a well, whole new... Let me, I did not to cut you off, but it doesn't matter what the subject matter is. Thank you. You're right. It wouldn't have cared who the guy was. It could have been a horror flick. It could have been a period piece. It could have been whatever. We will still provide the same exact services for any production that wants to come into the area. Now, the thing is, though, here's the catch. We are literally only 
staffed by two, three of us when we need them and we call in and we're all volunteers. And I hear what you're trying to get at here because we have set our five-year goals in the past and we've accomplished our five-year goals and we're in a transition period right now where we're restructuring, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I'll say the wave we're riding right now with the success of Undercover Millionaire, Unearth, it's been great. So you're right. We don't know all the answers. We know the potential is there. We want to duplicate and mimic what Pittsburgh and Philadelphia has done. We want to take advantage of state tax credits because we just saw the impact of $5 million land in the city of Erie in the region due to Undercover Billionaire and their production. So we need help. I agree. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know the answer to that myself. Well, no. And that's the thing. With strategic planning, we're we're focusing on the the broader community that cares about what that impact of bringing production to Erie is. So you said $5 million. Well, some of that, uh, not all of that was spent in Erie, but a lot of it was. When you bring a production in, you've got actors, you've got um, you know, lodging, they need to stay somewhere, they need to eat. Transportation. They need to hire transportation, right. exactly. The, the list goes on. Um, and that does bring um, revenue to the city and it employs people directly on the production production assistants and uh, folks that you know use um, can operate cameras and support the support the production that way people were hired in Erie and people can be hired in Erie when these visiting productions come in because it makes more fiscal sense for a production to come in and hire locally as opposed to flying someone in from LA who might have a higher day rate who needs more transportation costs well the overhead cost alone with the uh, housing them and feeding them is the main thing. Uh, hiring locals is always a cost-saving measure. So it's an attractive option for productions that come in. And that's where the, the film office really has a role. We know who the local crew are. We know who some of the local actors are. We have relationships with local housing. For example, when um, John Lyons was filming on Earth and he had actors coming in from out of town, he had a relationship with Scott Enterprises and he was able to house those folks at a, a more economical rate right. than someone who's coming yeah. and staying for a night in, in and out. So those relationships are important. We have those, and we've built them over the past few years. So those, those components of what we do as volunteers for visiting productions, that's what they're looking for. If they went to Pittsburgh, they'd be looking for the exact same thing. Now, Erie County is a very unique location. We have a lake that could look like any body of water. We have four seasons. We have a smaller downtown area. So if you're not looking to you know, be in a city with big skyscrapers, well, you can come and be in Erie. We've got a great downtown location and other um, county locations that are very unique. So we have that knowledge and we're starting to catalog those locations. So an important piece of our strategic planning is to say, well, what to be more specific and to organize our resources for these visiting productions so that they can do the research they need. They can go to a website and say, I'm looking for a graveyard that you know, is on the edge of a cliff so I can film in the fall and I wanna have beautiful you know, red and orange and green leaves. Well, we can say, great, we have three options for you. Right, and, you and that's can, what we do. And that's what we do. And so, bringing that information onto a website where they can do some research on their own really is great. And then we can keep updating that database so that they can do research on their own. And then we can facilitate them getting to the location and getting permits they might need to film. 
you know, we it, there's so much that goes in to a production. People don't just come in and set up on the street and start filming. Right. Even for reality television. Right. It's not just run and gun on the street. Well, they had done at least a year and a half pre-production prior, and they had false starts on their side and other hiccups in production, which happen all the time because, I mean, we get probably a dozen calls a month right now as volunteers, maybe one every three months pans out, you know? So, I mean, 90% of the time the production, you know, doesn't come to town, and this time it did. So it's like, one, we have to be ready. Uh, We have to be prepared. Uh, We have to recognize... I think well, what we need help with is recognizing that we need to move from volunteers to a more paid staff and mm-hmm. not just paid because we want to get paid, but paid because they're the dedicated. quality of work and the dedication and um, what have you. I guess that's one of our big goals that, right So that now. is a huge goal. So other, So some of our action steps that go into creating an organization that can go out and say, what we're doing is valuable and it's valuable because it brings an economic benefit to our county. That is the conversation that economic development groups in Erie want to have, that local politicians want to have. Council members, county council members, getting their support is key because if they understand what the economic benefits are, they're going to advocate for, do we want to ask for state funding somewhere? You know, do we, we, we need them to say, We've seen this benefit. It, the case has been made, and we we want to back the film office right. to bring these productions in. So those relationships right now, those are the ones that are being built and solidified. That is key to our success. The other piece is business, local business owners, people who are, have the potential to invest in local film. When a film is being made, one of the first steps is saying, okay, well, we've come up with a budget. We have a great story, but... Somebody's got to give us some money to make it. Every single movie, they get money from a studio or they get money from private investors because the ex- expectation is they get their money back when the film, you know, earns, right. earns revenue. Right, people want to get paid, too. And, and people to want to get paid, yeah, for exactly. Work, artist. Exactly. So, so if we have support of the local business community, first of all, they're more welcoming to productions that might want to come and film at their location or if we're having some sort of fundraiser or party well, to I, I can tell you spe- kind of something that's kind of specific here is that even just caterers alone okay a production company doesn't want to have the same exact caterer every day of the week they're going to want to go to perhaps seven different caterers or work with a few that will give different selections i mean uh, yes you're not going to eat the same thing every day but it's nice just to have a completely different cook you know, or a different, you know, whatever, Chinese, Italian, whatever. Mm -hmm. So that alone is like, we want those restaurants, those people who are caterers, those people who can organize uh, feeding people three times a day, 20 to 50, maybe 100 people possibly. And those are the type of things that just alone in that little world of food and beverage are how it impacts a local industry or a local economy. Exactly. And so having catering having, companies right, on board, lined up and on board up having and, these discussions prior. Right. Yeah. So when we come in and say, hey, we have a production, they're going to have 100 people and it's going to be 20 days. Right. And they need breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That caterer isn't like, Right. I can't, sir. You know, they they can they can be prepared to staff up for those kinds of events. They'll have a sense of what the budget would be for something like that. So instead of um, a longer time frame, where some of these support company, you know, some of these support businesses, 
they don't need to they, they have it on the shelf they can say okay here's what that would cost you know they can they can provide support to a production yeah that's a great example i mean food and beverages transportation huge. same thing mm-hmm. i mean you can go into which i know uh john lyons when we did on earth we went into uh superior toyota and they were excellent at providing us vehicles picture cars cargo vans transportation vans i mean that's what you need because and this is the biggest thing, and I don't know, I'm sure everybody knows this in the real world, in the film world, but scheduling is the hardest part of filmmaking. You know, having to get everybody together on those days and, and sandwich everything into, say, five days, 20 days, what have you, that's the hardest part. So mm-hmm. knowing that our vendors locally are prepared, know we're coming eventually, know that it could happen in a drop of a hat and that we need to react fast, that's the key thing. Yeah. So one of the interesting things we've been talking about is this idea of film tourism. Right. One of my favorite film induced tourism, film induced tourism. So when you have I I hate to always use undercover billionaire as a a model example, but it's a model induced tourism is going to work in Erie. Exactly. Because the high profile nature, the Discovery Channel, which broadcasts to millions of people that has a worldwide internationally as well, that puts a spotlight on our community. And I think what we will see as those episodes roll out and we get toward the conclusion of that, of that um, broadcast is that some really positive things happened in our community. And that when Glenn was going around to these different businesses and, you know, sleeping in a truck on, you know, Dobbins Landing or what have you, um, people see that and they say they feel that pride. You know, so locally you have people going, that's that's our city. Wow, you know, that makes us look really good. Or the the film induced tourism piece of it is, oh, I I watched that show. We can go to that business, we can go to that barbecue in here, let's go for the weekend. Right. You know, let's overnights. Go, overnights here in here <laughs> in Erie. Um so that's that's really an interesting thing too. You know, it, it it happens. I mean, all all throughout the film industry, you know, you see locations, things become well, we now have a real world example of film induced tourism because prior to this, I would always say, What if someone shot the next sleepless in Seattle at Dobbins Landing? They fell in love at the top of the tower and kissed, and now everybody wants to go up there and get engaged right that was my example my made-up example (laughs) now we have something real we have a restaurant that's employing 50 people you know and they're not going away (laughs) exactly so yeah so people going i watched that and maybe they're in pittsburgh but they say, let's go up and eat at that right. at that cool restaurant. Let's go check out Underdog Barbecue. <laughs> and now that you know that that sat one um, pro- mural project down on Dobbins right. oh, Landing yeah, yeah, yeah. that just the was virtual completed, reality or augmented reality. Well, now all of a sudden you have this really unique potential backdrop for that kiss on the right. exactly. where everyone's yeah. going to get <laughs> engaged. So go get some barbecue. That's right. <laughs> Come down to the Dobbins Landing. <laughs> See where Glenn sat in his, yeah, you know, yeah, blue truck, right. but then experience the city, you know, the beauty of our city. Right. So I think that's a, a great example. So there's all kinds of ways that we can harness um, film production that goes way beyond, you know. Now, I think one thing, too, about the film-induced tourism, as long as in the film world, um, Erie has a very short season as far as summer and very warm. So we turn quick to the fall and even faster to the winter. And so I think the film world helps 
let filmmakers express their creativity through the whole four seasons, which, you know, I think you get the real season when you're here. That's right. There's no need for a soundstage or uh, That's graphics, true. animation. Yeah. If you want to do a story about people snowbound, you can get that here. Fargo Part 2. Fargo Part 2. Right. That's right. Okay, so we've talked about where we've been in the history of the Film Society, and let's talk a little bit about where we want to go. We covered a little bit about how production can have an economic impact here. Well, another piece of that is our homegrown filmmakers and artists and creatives, what what do we have for them? Because, you know, when you're an Erie student, maybe you're a student at Edinburgh University and you're studying film, are you thinking, wow, my future, I, I have to leave Erie immediately because there's nothing here for me. I can't make movies in Erie. There's a lot of that, but there's but, a lot changing too. But there's a lot changing. We as the film office can say, hey, look, we can help you. You know, we can help local filmmakers when they don't even know what goes into, you know, if you're a recent graduate, do you really know what goes into getting a caterer for your incoming actors? No, they don't. Do you, you know, there's so much <laughs> that, you know, that a young filmmaker can really get their, their foot in the door and get, um, get maybe money raised for a $40,000 film production, that money doesn't go that far, but you can make something with it. You can make your short film that you then take and show to potential investors for the future for your creative work. You don't have to get caught up in the bigger city, LA, New York scene in order to create work that you believe in and have it be seen. That's the beauty of the internet and, and having an online community where your work can go anywhere. So in order to support these folks, not only can we give them the the actual resources of our knowledge, we can help fund them. So what we're kicking off this year is a filmmaker fund. It was our primary goal in raising money on Erie Gives Day to create the basis of that fund. And we're working with potential funders to round that out. But we would like to not give $500 to a filmmaker. You know, like going out to different, um, you know, organizations in Erie where you might be able to get some money. You might say, oh, my production's going to cost ten grand," and you ask someone for money and you're going to get $500. Well, we don't really want to do that because we, we want to help a filmmaker make an impact. So we want to say, we're going to give you $5,000. Now, there's accountability attached to that. There, there's, application process. There's a whole application process. There's judging. There's the accountability back to us as a, as a granting organization in partnership with someone like Erie Arts and Culture. We want to see you making progress on your work. We want to see artifacts that come out of that footage as it's being shot you know there's a lot that we need to see from a filmmaker but we're willing to support them at a at a higher financial level because that's what they need they don't need five hundred dollars here and five hundred dollars there to say okay well i have a thousand dollar budget now but if you have a great idea and you have local resources that can be economical for you we're going to back you well i think the filmmaker fund i think we discussed that it has to be shot in Erie. Uh, it'll be uh, Erie filmmakers, uh, Erie producers. Um, we are starting at around the 5,000 mark, but I know we've already discussed we want to raise that because we know movies cost money. Uh, plus, it's the it's not just making the movie. It's making sure that 
crew cast gets paid. It's done in a professional manner. Um, so yeah, that's really exciting. And, and we already have, I want to say at least, uh, five people that is a, that have approached us for financing and they all have great ideas. Um, it's just a matter of who's better organized, who's applying, who's done their pre-production. Um, you know, who is the filmmaker? <laughs> I mean, it's like a green light project almost. Yeah. That's a great uh, way to think about it. So it's exactly like a green light project. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly what it would be. Yeah. One of the things we've experienced as a as an organization, as a nonprofit dedicated to film in the arts, we don't do anything else. We're not supporting muralists and we're not supporting, um, you know, other arts programs because film is our focus. It has taken years for local funding agencies to really get on board with that. And I think we make a strong case every year when we do our fundraising. We have film lovers, you know, there's the people out there that are like, yeah, I'll buy a ticket to your event. But when it comes to making the case to local funding organizations, hey, you need to support this, being able to tell that economic impact story is awesome. That goes so far. But we've had people tell us like, oh, it's such a romantic idea that you can make movies. What a dream, you know, but it's such, it's just a dream to think that people want to make movies here because you have big studios and big celebrities and that's that universe and it's nowhere near Erie because Erie's just smaller city. You know, we have a nice art museum. We have a great Philharmonic. You know, we have these assets in our community, but film really doesn't belong here. It's such a romantic idea to think you can do it. And we've had that reaction. If we have. To, to the projects but that, that is we've, not the world at all. But that is not the world and that is not the reality. Yeah. And as we continue to strengthen our case around that, we're getting more interest from folks that can really have a financial impact for our organization. We recently had a financial analysis completed regarding the film industry. And we worked with the data center at the Erie Regional Chamber and Growth Partnership to do this. You know, it was an impact study to say, okay, if we had a $40,000 production, if we had a $300,000 production, and if we had a million-dollar production, what is the impact that those three productions could have in our community? If they came, you know, what would be the tax credit that they could look at? Well, if you spend 60% of your budget in the state of Pennsylvania, automatically you get a tax credit. So that is a really, that's an enticement for filmmakers to come from out of state. So Pennsylvania has a really strong tax credit. Then if you come to Erie, well, you're going to save a lot of money on all of the aspects, you know, cast, crew, everything that we've talked about already. Cost of living is extremely low. Cost of living is extremely low. So they did um, an impact study to say, what would it look like here in Erie? And you have a really interesting financial profile. You know, even with a $40,000 budget, you know, your labor income in the community is almost $27,000. It doesn't seem like a lot, but if you get three, four, five productions in Erie a year that are spending that amount of money, well, that adds up and it tells an economic impact story. Let's look at a million dollar project. A million dollar budget can bring, you know, $700,000 in labor income into our community and have an output of $1.5 million. So it's not just romantic. 
It has, there's an economic impact story to tell. And that is where uh, partners like ECRA come into play and other, you know, Erie um, County economic development groups get really interested. That's the work that we take seriously. We want to put the time and effort into, let us tell you the economic impact story. You believe it. So you believe in the work that we're doing. And once, and that's what I brought up before, you know, once you have the local community around you, there's really, um, we can tell a much stronger story to folks that might be coming in from out of town. And we can say to those local filmmakers, the community believes in what you're doing. You're not just acting out on your own and feeling like, oh, I'm just, you know, woe is me. I'm just a lowly artist and I'm trying well, and to put th- this together. But we're not asking for a handout either. We're exactly. We're just asking for some assistance. And I don't think we're asking for a lot. I mean, we're just asking for an operating budget or not even asking for an operating budget, but just, yeah. We're making the case for the value right. of what a what the Greater Area Film Office is. And like any nonprofit organization, you need people to do the work. When, when we have folks on our team that have spent years working in their spare time to support these programs, you can demonstrate the dedication and the passion that we have. When we're willing to take the time to say, hey, data center, put together a story for us, take the numbers that we can give you, and and talk about economic impact. We, we want to make a strong case. We're not just saying anecdotally, oh, we've done all this work, so we deserve support. No, we can tell everybody we've got a really uh, a great untapped opportunity. All right. I just want to thank again Erica Berlin, the president of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania, for coming to the show today. Thanks for having me, Stu. That's been our episode. We don't have a film this week, but remember, you can buy tickets for Booksmart and the rest of our upcoming September and October film series at filmsocietymwpa.org or at the door the day of the event. September 9th, we have Menagerie Studios joining us and September 16th, Taylor Prack from the Free to Choose Network. Make sure you follow us on social media. You'll find all the tags and links in the show notes for this episode. Until next time, this was Film Grain. This podcast is produced by Edinburgh University Center for Branding and Strategic Communication. It's part of the Northwest Pennsylvania Innovation Beehive Network.